Hi, you've reached Hills and Hot Flash podcast, a place where midlife women share stories about changes in our lives, menopause, technology, careers, business, health, wealth, even empty nesting. The podcast for midlife women who are living extraordinary lives where we come together and we celebrate each other. Today, I have a very special guest. Um, it's Deborah Vick. And I'm going to tell you, I have been a fan for a few months. We met in this place called Clubhouse. And she is a, fa a fabulous and the most amazing individual that I've ever actually had a chance to sit down and talk to. Her stories, her life is just incredible. It's it's a story of courage. It's a, a story of determination. It's a story of um, just living your best life as a woman, as a mom, as a wife. But before we go into that, I would like to introduce you to um, Deborah, and she is the co-founder and CEO of Rareability. Um, it's a newly formed nonprofit focusing on empowering of the people with abilities. Um, and um, she has gratitudes become her daily practice as she helps and develops positivity, positivity all over. Um, and how to better manage chronic pain. And I just wanted to say that, first of all, I never would have thought that the word ability would be ability, but you are a person and proven fact that ability is what you have because your story just speaks so much. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you so much. Wow, that was an amazing, very humbling introduction. That's, I'm a little, I'm rarely speechless, but I'm quite speechless at the moment. Wow, that is an amazing um, introduction. But I will say it is, the way you say ability is how I see it. And you know, those that know me know I have multiple disorders, but I focus on my abilities and really try to bring that out within other people that I work with as well. It's very easy to get lost in the rabbit hole of what we can't do. And it's a little bit harder to recognize our abilities and really hone in on it and focus on it, which is something that I have been really trying to do over the years as things progress. And I get, I feel like I have less abilities, although I'm developing other abilities so it's been a process in that. Okay, so when you say abilities, and you know, um, we're gonna talk a little bit about what your ability, and we're gonna talk about um, what your nonprofit is and why it's so important. We're also going today talk about the fact that um, we have a, uh, an event, so to speak, that um, we're going to do with other ability women. And then we're going to add a part two because normally before I do my podcast, I sit and I and I talk to the person and I see if we like if we connect and if there's really chemistry. And and first of all, 
we had chemistry. That wasn't <laughs> the thing. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've been hearing you audible for a long time, but really getting to know you. And, you know, I thought you have so many facets of your life that I, for the first time on my podcast, will have a part one and a part two. And um, so today we're really going to talk about your abilities and what that means. And then we're going to move it on to what does that mean for you in midlife? Because, you know, you're, you're, you're in your 40s and you are doing some incredible things. And I, I opened with saying that your rare ability is a nonprofit that you just started. So imagine starting a nonprofit at 47. So that that itself is amazing. But I wanted to to um to start by asking you what is it about this nonprofit and why you started a nonprofit? And for those of you um of my listeners who are listening um, it is part, she does not use disability, she uses ability. And so we want you to understand that my friend here deals with chronic pain almost every day. As a matter of fact, today she had a small episode. I went in to listen to her somewhere she, as she was speaking and, you know, something happened. But I don't want to get into that. I just want to ask you about your um what your ability is and your nonprofit rare ability. So for me, um, my abilities, when I think of myself, I think of it as positivity and passion for a life that real, a passion for my life. I want to make a difference, not just for myself, but really utilize my advocacy skills to help other people, whether it's to raise awareness in the schools and the classrooms and the boardrooms, or to help empower someone who's disabled and has not recognized that they're not disabled, they're disabled, like the letters abled being capitalized because we all have some sort of an ability. But often we forget that, um, whether it's being a parent and being a mom and you become a stay-at-home mom, taking care of your kids for years, you begin to forget all of the abilities that you have and all of the things that you have to offer. And it's also a problem and challenge. I want to say problem. I say challenge. It's a challenge for people with disabilities that are homebound to recognize what they still have to offer when they're not able to hold a full-time job, a job with a title, and they become a volunteer. But again, they don't have that connection to something that makes them feel lesser than. And that's not what I want. I want everybody that I interact with to recognize and realize every one of us is special. And every one of us has something to offer and we all have some special ability. Mine tends to be positivity and usually pretty high energy. Unless I'm having dysautonomic episodes, I am usually having pretty high energy and have the ability to look at something that is a challenge and find something positive within a negative situation. Finding that silver line Sometimes a piece of silver thread really feels like a very fine thread, but expanding it into something better than what it was before. And that's what I always hope to help other people do as well. Wow. Um, and so what gave you the idea for the nonprofit? So I guess what 
are some of your daily um, ailments or your daily challenges, I might say, because you, I, I would not say that anything about you would be dis anything, knowing <laughs> you, right? right? So what about your day is challenging? And I can't wait till part two when I when we go into your marriage part and I ask you the question there because that um, that's why I wanted to interview you. I mean, it's been my pleasure to interview, but I really wanted to interview you about your mother, your being a mom and a wife. But um, since that's part two, I I do want to ask you, what is it that your daily, you know, what happens with you daily? Or what are what are, what are those challenges? So first, I would like I would be my children would tell you it's easier to say what's not a challenge or what's not broken on my body than what is functioning on this body. So I have many challenges. I have not I cannot remember a day where I haven't had pain in almost ooh, 35 years at this point. So I have constant pain in almost all of my joints and muscles and severe muscular spasms in almost all of the major muscles in my body. Um, today though, I also was doing my IV fluids. So you can actually see, I have, well, you can't see cause you're listening, but I have a port that is actually accessed into my um, chest area because I get infusion therapy. I got my little port here. Mm -hmm. I get an infusion, <laughs> I get infusion therapy and immunoglobin therapy with just plasma-based treatments every other weekend for two days, for about five hours a day, five hours each of those days. And in between that, I usually do several treatments of my own for IV fluids. Waking up each day can be a challenge to get out of bed. Um, right now, it's I'm doing my morning rooms in, in Clubhouse in from my bedroom. And I have my computers, I have a stand by my bed because getting out of bed is extraordinarily difficult. It can take a lot of strength. And we like to use the word spoons in terms of for a terminology for energy. Mm -hmm. And I have many times, not very many spoons in the morning. So just enough to turn my computer on and get on club deck to get onto clubhouse so that I can easily interact from my laptop. I have a wheelchair. I have leg braces, back braces, neck brace, finger braces, and tons of different modalities for helping with my pain management for pressure and um, acupressure and acupuncture points. And normally I get acupuncture, at least pre-COVID, I would get that weekly as well. I spend a good deal of time trying to get appointments with my specialists each week and a good deal of time of trying to manage all of my daily challenges, not just the medications, not just the movement, but all of the fatigue, the weakness and the pain that coincides with my various disorders. And for those not knowing, since you don't see my screen or since you're listening, I have uh, multiple diseases, one of which is a connective tissue disorder called Ehlers-Danlos. It's E-H-L-E-R-S-D-A-N-L-O-S. See, my voice coach has reminded me to spell for our listeners since they're not seeing the screens when I talk. Um, and I have another one as well, which is autoimmune disorder. And it's in the brain and the body attacks receptors from the brain to the muscles. And it's myasthenia gravis. It's another rare, very rare disorder. And it's M-Y-A-S-T-H-E-N-I-A gravis, G-R-A-V-I-S. 
And ultimately it actually means grave muscular weakness. So those are definitely impacting me as well as a dysautonomic dysfunction in which my blood pressure can go high or low and I can then pass out, which is unfortunately too often. Oh, okay. So that alone is something that um, would be a challenge. And, um, and, you know, first of all, you're so graceful and you're so giving and you're so inspiring because if you didn't tell me these things, I wouldn't even know. I mean, and what I mean by that is you give and you give. And one of the things that I, I did, um, I fell in love with is one day we were, um, in, in a group in a room together and you said i feel guilty of you know um because of your children and sometimes having your chronic pain um you know sometimes it's really hard and i fell in love with you then and what and and the reason i say that is because with everything that's going on you know I'm cheering you on and I'm saying, oh my goodness, you've done some amazing things. Everybody we know is saying the same thing, yet you feel like you're not doing enough. Uh, yes. And um, so that was that was the, the moment I knew that how special you were because you're still even not having, you know, you, some days you can't even get up, that you're still wanting to do what you can for the people you love. So that's the kind of people I like to surround myself around. And one of the things that happens is with me, I'm always, I'm the, you know, midlife gal, all things menopause. And so my question is, tell my audience for those, um, you know, um, for those with your hormone changes, I wanted to talk a little bit about <laughs> that. So how do you, um, how are you doing that? Because not only are you it's not easy, you know, I mean, you're, you have, you obviously, um, are going through also changes, um, being, you know, premenopausal, you told me your journey. So just tell the audience what has changed since that, because I've asked you and I, we know, because that's the first thing we say, well, you know, um, I, I remember asking, well, are you having hot flashes? You said, well, I, I always have hot flashes. <laughs> so I kind of don't know. Then I was like, well, wh what about your period? And you were like, well, you know, I, you know, I, I, they're different. So tell me your journey and what you think that, that, that your, your process of your change as we move on into midlife, what's the difference and the different signs that, that you're seeing? First, thank you for that question. Um, first thing that I'll say is the heat. I overheat really, really easily. I don't have a good regulation system in the first place. So I would normally overheat, but now I'm overheating a lot faster when no one else, nobody else is hot. I'm still hot, right? And getting that whole hot flashes thing and you're in pain, it is very difficult to have patience and to calmly respond to normal everyday situations in a calm manner. 
calm manner. I'm, you know, I'm very grateful that I started mindfulness practice work last year because now, you know, I was originally doing it to help me be more mindful in my responses when I'm in pain, well, not when I'm in pain, when I'm in extreme pain, so that I'm not taking that out on my family. And now I'm having to use the same skills for the hormones in which I have the ups and the downs and when I want to scream and yell or cry. And, you know, you have those, those big ends, right? Those opposite ends of the spectrum at the same moment type of a thing where you don't know which one to do. And I'm kind of thinking, wow, that seems more hormonal than it is, you know, related to my disabilities, but it all interacts in together because I already have some hormonal changes that have impacted with pelvic floor dysfunction, you know, has only gotten worse over the mm-hmm. years. And we were using some estrogen to treat it, but we're not currently right now as I'm in transition from my new doctors. So that's again, not a fun um, issue to not have that extra estrogen, but it impacts me in terms of that hot, cold flashes, the, well, not, not cold. I wish I had cold flashes, those hot flashes, the sweating, the mood swings and knowing how to respond to that is a very different, another challenge, you know, to be right. on top of other things. Right. So. And, and, and you know, what's great about you is that you've already, um, you know, your body enough that you somehow knew that this was something that was happening for you. So for a lot of uh, women, you know, especially me, I had those sudden mood swings, the highs and the lows and the anxiety and the depression and all those things that came with it. I had it, but I had no idea that that was what was causing it. Because you've been so in tune with your body, you've had to know your body, you probably discovered and knew that right away because you're perimenopausal, yet you already know that the mood swings are attributing to that chemical imbalance. And for my listeners, a lot of us probably just thought, what is wrong with me? Like after, I mean, I used to wake up sometimes, I say this all the time, wake up and look at my husband and go, why did I marry you? Like, what is, do I even, you know? And I, and I thought, oh my goodness, this person is so amazing. Why am I questioning this? And that was part of the hormone. So for you, I think you had it better than most because you're going perimenopausal and you know it to where other people, we're either in denial or we just were not in tune with our bodies. So you have a leg up on us, Deborah, <laughs> that I did not have because I went a- about a year and a half not knowing what was wrong with me. I knew I was having hot flashes, but I just thought, er- you know, everybody else was in the room hot as well. You know, like I'd go, oh. is it hot in here? And then some people would say yes and some people would <laughs> say no, right? So I never really thought that. So well, uh, go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, so, I, well, I wanted to ask in, in that, what did you have? So through all of these things that you've had, you've had your your um, monthly periods. And so um, what's changed now that in that part? I mean, the hormonal changes is once, but what was that body change as far as your normal uh, monthly, you know, m- you know, well, cycle. And with my cycle, I'll say for, there was a period of time that I didn't have a cycle 
when my pain pump was first put in, I had about six years without a cycle, which came back very sporadically with the help of acupuncture, which I was actually using for pain management. But because of the acupuncture, I ended up getting pregnant uh, because we didn't expect to get pregnant. So the acupuncture is what triggered my cycle to start again and um, helped me. It's why we ended up getting pregnant. So my acupuncturist actually came to the bris for my first son. And since I got a migraine there, well, after the bris and I'm nursing my son, I was also getting acupuncture. So my mom has a nice picture of me with the needles coming out of my head <laughs> as I'm nursing my son and we're sitting here at celebrating his bris. So that was an interesting picture. But I then knew something was different. And now I'm feeling the body changes with additional weight gain. But, you know, in holding weight, which I was originally going, how am I gaining so much weight? And then when I stepped back, I was like, well, I'm having mood swings. I'm having hot flashes. My cycle does not seem the same as it was. And I have weight gain. I don't think this is just like the normal COVID weight gain. I think this might be, a, you know, perimetrophosal here change that's happening. I have the unique ability to step back and look um, from the outside in to see kind of what's happening. As a mediator, that was something we were trained to know how to look in and be able to distance ourselves from an issue so that we can evaluate it. So wow. yesterday when I had a very emotional response to my computer not working and having a very frustrated response, afterwards I realized hmm, that was probably a very hormonal like reaction. Yes. <laughs> and you know, you know, it's kind so it's really I love the honest, honest conversation we're having because a lot of people don't realize that we overreact and sometimes, you know, get very emotional around this time. And it really is in your 40s um, is when, because menopause can actually start at about 35, but um, most are about in their late 40s, early 50s is usually when you see it about 45, you, a lot, most women that I know start saying that's when they notice things happening, which that was my age. Um, but, you know, when you already know that the chemical imbalance is making you feel this way, sometimes people wait until um, to find out what's wrong with them after the marriage is over because they're just unbearable to be around or after they've lost a lot of friends or after they've lost that job. And people really don't realize that a lot of people lose their jobs during that time because it's the time when you say, forget it, or you, you know, decide, you decide you're going to walk out or you're so high and low that people think, oh, you know what, maybe this person, you know, if, if somebody has to go, it has to be that person. And so I'm always um, so, I'm so, so much of an advocate of a person being able to talk about menopause and change the stigma of menopause so that we can find the proper help. You said mindfulness is what what's helped you. So tell us a little bit about mindfulness and that might help our audience as to that might be a way to a natural way to deal with your menopause symptoms. Well, thank you for that question. And also, yes, about being the honest, uh, honest about this. And 
I do believe we need to have these honest talks. I mean, my mom was is very honest and was very honest when she was going through menopause of what was happening in those changes. And for me, I think it's really important that people realize these responses are normal, right? And then just being able to step back and say, okay, first, like my husband will just give me space when I'm having a moment <laughs> and my youngest will just come over and be like, mom, do your breath work. It's okay. Just do your breath work and try to guide me in one of the meditations that I normally lead others in, which is really cute. And for me though, it's the practice of mindfulness has been learning how to be present. Mindfulness is about focusing on the moment and where you're at, not about the past where you can change, not about the future where we don't have full control. It's right now here present in the moment. What can we do in this action at this activity, you know, um, whether it's my creative elements, whether it's doing the dishes, whether it's going for a walk, fighting a computer to get the computer program to work the way you want it to. Sometimes my computer night are disagreements and I'm not very happy with it, but that's okay. And <laughs> I had a moment with that last night, but again, being able to step back and look at it as this, is this the response I want to be doing right now? Is this the best way to communicate to somebody? Is this the best way to communicate? Like if I'm having a moment, like we all have with teenage children, is this the best way to communicate to my child? And if I'm asking myself that, that usually means that this is not the best way to communicate to my child and I need to step back. And that was probably one of the first things last year when um, the mama bear came out a little bit yelling. Okay, no, well, a lot yelling. And <laughs> I'll just be honest, I was, I was, really upset about something. I have no idea what it was. It wasn't really a realistic response to what occurred. And my poor kid was like, I don't want to even be in this house. Like, okay, no, no, you need to come into your room. And he's like, why? I go, I need you to sit down. He goes, why? I go, because I'm wrong right now. I'm yelling at you and I should not be responding this way. And I might be agitated because of hormones. I might be agitated because of pain or both. You know, I'm right. not sure. Right. It's likely all, all both of those things. Well, actually, and teenaging, parenting a teenager, right? It's probably all three. And this is not the way I want you to react. This isn't the way I want to react. And I had to sit down and apologize. I present in that moment, being aware that what I was doing was not what I wanted my child to do. Aware that this was not beneficial to either one of us. And then I had to change it then, not in the future, but now, right? In this present moment, change it. So- when I think of mindfulness, I think of being present, being in the moment, being able to look at what you have to do and learning how to communicate and being very aware of yourself, not, and being aware of, of being able to appreciate what's around you, but also being aware of appreciating yourself and recognizing your own behavior. And is it what you're looking for, for others to behave that way? Wow, Deborah, I, that's some gems right there. And I am, that's because mindfulness is so important, especially when you're having those hormonal changes to be able to stop and not react so fast. Because um, it is, um, we, we react um, a lot of times when we are having these hormonal changes. And I appreciate that. So I want you to tell my audience how they can find you. And um, this is not goodbye. This is only see you later because we will be having a part two. But I do want 
everybody to know how they can find out about you if they would like to donate to your cause, learn more about your illness. Maybe some people might not know, um, you know, that the chronic pain that they're having, you know, what is going on and MG might be something that they might, um, that, that might help. Um, but I just want people to be aware and be able to find you because you are an amazing person and to have a nonprofit to help other people while you are enduring so much pain. To me, hats off to you. Deborah, tell the audience how they can find you. So I am on various means of social media, uh, from everything from WhatsApp to, to actually uh, Discord too. So I am on uh, LinkedIn and on uh, Instagram, it's Crafts on Wheels, same handle for my clubhouse room. And for uh, my website is www.rareability.org. We'll bring you to our website. Uh, the domain still shows up as my, not, my, my previous company of Crafting for a Cause. Now that we have our nonprofit, I can turn it back over to the new uh, account. But I also am on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter, I'm at Forward Rolling. I think it is Forward Wheels. I have to look my handle up for a second. But I am on Twitter as well and on Clubhouse. So I am on all those different forms of media. Social okay, media. so it's Deborah Vick, spelled D-E-B-O-R-A-H, Vick, V-I-C-K. I want to thank you again for taking the time to share these moments with me. I feel so special that you took time out of your your busy, busy day, not only running a nonprofit, being a wife, a mom, um, helping your um, helping others and even helping yourself during your during your chronic pain. Thank you again, everybody. And until next time, you this is Hills and Hot Flashes. Thank you. And we'll see you again. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And oh, we look forward you. to speaking with you again. Thank you. Thank you.